Hey, a quick message for those of you who are listening to this episode on Spotify. I have a small favor to ask. Spotify now allows mobile users to rate podcasts. I would really appreciate it if you can take a quick pause to go to the Techly Journal podcast page and leave your favorite show, your best rating, on Spotify. It will help me a lot to get this podcast to reach more people on the platform. Thanks a lot. Today's clip is from TechLit Journal episode 94 with Patrick Kwa. In this clip, we discussed Pat's latest course, Engineering Manager Essentials. We discussed what an engineering manager role is, how it differs from a TechLit role, and the common manager versus IC career track. Pat also shared his view on why being an engineering manager is not a promotion. You mentioned you just published a new course, Engineering Manager Essential. Tell us more a little bit. How do you come up with this course itself? You mentioned that many people asking about it. Is it in the tech industry these days that people having very short amount of resources available to be a good engineering manager? Or maybe tell us more a little bit, what kind of problem are you trying to solve? Yeah, I think it's interesting because like the technical lead role, the engineering manager role, I would say is relatively new to our industry. Probably over the last, say, 10 years, that name and title has become a lot more popular. Before that, you might have had things like team leader or delivery manager, depending on if you're in a project or a consulting type of world. Line manager or people manager is another type of title that comes through. But this engineering manager role has sort of surfaced over the last, I guess, decade. With anything that's new, I think everyone always struggles to answer the question of what is expected of me in this particular role? The wonderful blurriness that comes along with any sort of role and people who've not done it before. I've been studying this over the last five years to try to explore what does this mean? How do organizations support engineering managers or maybe not support engineering managers, depending on the type of company? And also, how does it differ from perhaps other technical leadership roles in general? I've been running the course for technical leaders who may or may not be doing, say, people management. And sometimes there's some overlap and sometimes there's not. I really wanted to provide some complimentary training for engineering managers to help them answer this question around what might be expected of me. How do I know I'm doing a really great job? How do I prepare for this? Particularly if I'm thinking about maybe stepping into this engineering management role. So that's kind of the intent behind the training, which is really to provide support to relatively either new people or people who are considering stepping into this role in the future. So they have some opportunity to actually prepare and practice some of the skills before they find themselves in that entering manager role. So you mentioned that people are not clear what is expected of them. Maybe if you can give a little bit of clarity, what is the definition of engineering manager role and what kind of job scope or responsibilities that they should care about? So I'm going to start with a typical consultant answer if it depends. But one of the articles I have on my blog was talking about five different archetypes of being an engineering manager. I think the role scope does depend because it kind of also relates to an organization if they have other roles there. Also in terms of timing. So sometimes teams lose a particular role. So the shape of your role splits. And then there's also just general expectations and associations with what do they mean. So concretely, one of the archetypes that I talk about is like the tech lead engineering manager archetype. This is kind of combining the technical leadership role with the people and team leadership management responsibilities. So you're kind of merging those two things into the same role and therefore person. Not every company has this. So sometimes you have the pair. So sometimes you have an engineering manager and a tech lead who are expected to partner with each other 
One is focused perhaps around the team and delivery and people management side. And then the other side is really focused on technical leadership in terms of making sure that the team is using good up-to-date technology, paying down technical debt, choosing good architectural design patterns to meet and accomplish whatever business system that they're trying to build. That's one type of archetype. So the tech lead entering manager where it's in one. And then if you split them, then that entering manager starts to look a little bit more like what I call the team lead entering manager, where they can focus a little bit more on the people management working as a team because they have somebody they can partner with. So somebody where they don't necessarily need to be the expert technologist on that particular team as such. There's five different types of archetypes. I won't go into all of them. But another one, which I think is very useful because I know a lot of technologists will find themselves in this place is companies who tend to do a little bit more project centered work. So either in an enterprise where people run projects, or if you work for consultancy where you're working for external clients and you're effectively not really a product team or you're an extension to somebody else's product team, but you're there for a project, a certain amount of time to help a product team achieve a certain type of goal. The engineering manager isn't necessarily always responsible for the people. They're more a little bit more focused on the delivery to make sure that client expectations are met, that the team is productive, connected in with whatever client or a customer that they're sort of engaging with, and to make sure that things are smooth because you're often working with two different organizational cultures, one which is your consulting or contracting type of culture. But then obviously you have to adapt and work smoothly with the client organization processes, you might call it bureaucracy or other type of cultural things to make sure that you work smoothly as a single unified team. Thanks for sharing these five archetypes. So I think for people who want to refer more, you can check it out in Pat's blog. No wonder that people are sometimes not clear, right? Because there are so many variants of the engineering yes. manager role. The responsibilities can be quite different as well. You mentioned just now, maybe one is more project driven. One is a mix of both technical and people management. One is predominantly team or people management. You mentioned a lot of times about tech lead in this conversation so far. For people who may not have heard our first episode, maybe can you give us a little bit of a brief description? What is a tech lead and how should it be different with the engineering manager role? If you split them, let's say you have a tech lead plus a team lead engineering manager archetype. Then classically, I would be thinking that the tech lead role probably isn't going to be doing people or line management. Some of the other responsibilities for a tech lead are effectively about aligning and guiding the team around the technical direction to make sure they're all working in the same direction. So this means that they understand what the system architecture that they're building is working towards to make sure that the team are using good tools and paying back technical debt so they can continue to evolve that sort of system. The tech lead in that sort of scenario tends to be a lot more hands-on as such. So you need to be able to understand and mitigate technical risk. And that's kind of impossible to do if you're like literally not looking at any code that people are producing. So the tech lead tends to be a little bit more hands-on and probably a lot more aware in terms of industry trends, in terms of tools, libraries, frameworks, and development practices. The engineering manager in that sort of role can effectively delegate or partner with the tech lead. And they don't have to be as hands-on as a result. So that's one of those interesting debates that everyone always asks about how technical should an engineering manager be, like how hands-on? Well, once again, it depends. If you have a tech lead, that means that the engineering manager can be less hands-off because they have somebody who is guiding and making sure that people are making good decisions to make sure that technical decisions are tie-breaked through that tech lead. But if you don't have that tech lead role, that kind of gets absorbed by the engineering manager. And so you do need somebody to do that. And they're playing both hats from that perspective. 
these days in the technology world, or at least in the startups, what I have seen the most is that we will have these two tracks within engineering. One is people management part, the engineering manager part, and also yep. the individual contributor part, which is probably tech lead, staff software engineer, principal engineer. So maybe you can give us a little bit of guide here. Is this the proper way of structuring the engineering roles within a company? So it's a popular way of structuring engineering and manager roles, particularly in the US, to have two tracks. Firstly, I think it's important to have more senior tracks or at least roles supported from the technical perspective. Because let's be fair, not every technologist wants to have to deal with people topics, right? So to have hard performance review conversations, to be responsible for driving improvements in the recruiting process, going through all your HR paperwork when it comes to performance reviews and promotions and appraisals. These are difficult things to do. Somebody needs to do them and not everyone wants to do them because some people like to be a little bit more hands-on. I do have an issue with kind of the IC versus management track though, because I think people do see higher level roles like a tech lead staff or a principal engineer on the IC track or individual contributor track. But I think that is a really bad name, right? Because it emphasizes individual contribution. And in my experience, higher level roles like a tech lead and staff and principal engineer, they need to have very strong leadership skills. And so I actually prefer to what I describe a trident model of career development. And this is what I think is a healthy thing for organizations where you have roles at higher levels, but on the technical leadership path. So they're not necessarily responsible for managing people. So they're not the management responsibilities, but they should be leading technical topics. So let's give you an example. Let's say you have a company. Let's say that there are five or six independent product teams. What is very common is you probably have a tech lead on each product team, trying to make sure that whatever application or system or product that team is producing is well aligned. But if you're in the same company, you're probably going to be sharing interfaces, dependencies. A very common thing here today might be using something like Kafka, a common messaging interface to raise events and communicate between different points. Now, what can quite happen if uh, tech leads on all the teams don't necessarily get along very well together is you end up with a very messy messaging infrastructure, many different ways of raising events. People are just very confused about what style and things get lost. Contracts are not really great. This is where you need somebody or a role that's typically trying to align technical decisions across multiple teams. In a lot of organizations that might be either a staff or a principal engineer, they need to be quite technical because they need to understand the different needs, the technical details of the technology, some of the trade-offs and different options. But they really need leadership skills because they need to be able to influence and get buy-in and get agreement with, say, in this example, six tech leads who may or may not get along. And so you need somebody who can help facilitate and mediate and basically create alignment across that. And that's not about individual contribution at all. That person is not writing the spec and the contract that everyone needs to follow. They're not going to really get a lot of buy-in very quickly from that perspective. They need to be able to lead. And this is where I think the IC is a really bad name, which is why I prefer to talk about technical leadership tracks. There are some places where you do need some specialist individual contributors. Most companies don't need them. Like if you're Facebook or Google, you need somebody who can rewrite the PHP compiler. Like you need somebody who can write a new programming language. Most companies don't need that level of specialization. And so that deep expertise, what I would really consider very much on the individual contributor line, 
most organizations don't need people in that role, but you do need strong technical leadership, particularly when you're trying to align across other strong technical leaders to make sure that there's some alignment from an organizational perspective. Thanks for sharing that scenario, because I do agree that sometimes these staff software engineer principle, they think that their focus is actually to solve one particular problem without actually aligning with different teams. So I think I like the Trident model that you mentioned. I think that kind of like gives a framework that people at that particular level, even though it's individual contributor, they still need to kind of like have leadership and influence among the other engineers within different teams. One common phrase that I always hear about engineering manager, it's not a promotion because sometimes <laughs> what happens is that as you go along in your career journey, after five, six to 10 years, you get promoted as an engineering manager, but people refer to it as a, not a promotion, but it's just a different role. So yes. can you give us a little bit more about your thought on this? If it's not a promotion, then when should we nurture people to go into this engineering management role? My conceptual model with roles is it's like a container. There's things that you group together in a container, and these are simply a set of responsibilities. So I think this is interesting because if we think about, let's say, a developer, a senior developer is kind of doing more of the same type of responsibilities. So a lot of the skills and experiences translate into the next level of scope. You take a problem, you know how to break that problem down, you know how to design code and modularize that code, you know how to apply good patterns so you can break it up, keep it maintainable, have some good tests and deploy a really nice product that's working. So a senior engineer tends to be able to take a slightly more complex problem do more of that and apply a lot of the same sort of skills. The reason why I think a lot of people describe this as not a promotion is because fundamentally a lot of the responsibilities in this new container of being an engineering manager are fundamentally different type of activities. And so you may not have built many of the skills and experience necessary to fulfill the responsibilities that come associated with that particular role. A good mental model I also like to use here is a bit like role-playing games. So a very common thing in RPGs is you get like skill points that you can sort of allocate across stuff. Maybe as a developer, let's call them the warrior class, is that you are allocating all your points to attack and all these kind of things that go with the warrior class. But actually the engineering manager role is a bit more like a priest kind of class, right? It's like a support class whose job is to help support all the team. You've not allocated any points to healing type of magics or a safety type of magics or mediation, very important. As a result, when you step into that new role, you're basically starting again from scratch. I think kind of a big thing is that there's not a lot of overlap. Sometimes there is if you're that tech lead entering manager, but there's a whole bunch of new skills and responsibilities that you may not have built skills and experience in. As a concrete example, as an engineer, it's quite common that many people might get by in their career without having to deliver very difficult feedback. Like to tell somebody about their behavior to deliver it in a way such that they're receptive to this and that they acknowledge perhaps the impact that their behavior is having so that they have an option to actually change that behavior. If you've never practiced that, of course, the first time you do that is probably going to be bad and awful, right? It's going to be not great for the person receiving it and not great for you because probably you're going to also react badly to how that other person is reacting badly. But that example of a skill is something that engineering managers need to be able to do all the time. Maybe you're lucky. You work in a team where somebody else has taught you how to give effective feedback. It's a very common thing that you swap and exchange feedback to other team members. In my experience, that's not necessarily a key responsibility that you see on a job description for developers. So 
a lot of people might go in their career without having to go through that experience. And therefore, when they fall into that entry manager role, they maybe haven't built up that skill and experience. I think this is one of the things with that, not a promotion, but a role change, because you will probably be building a lot of new skills and responsibilities to fulfill them very well. Now, I think a lot of people might feel a bit scared about this, but I like to also view it as it's a good growth opportunity. I think if you're a developer, you've built a certain type of system, at some point you kind of go, well, all I'm doing is really like moving data from one place to another. That's all I'm really ultimately doing. This is actually an interesting challenge of dealing with some new skills and a good learning opportunity and growth opportunity as well. So there's a good reason to be able to do that if you want to move in that direction. By the way, I like your RPG analogy. I think that kind of like resonates well with gamers, I guess. If this is the case where there are so many new responsibilities that you need to be aware of and maybe master along the way when you switch, let's say, assume that someone who just graduated becomes an engineer. When should they think about trying out to be this engineering manager? Or when should the company decide, okay, this person should actually become an engineering manager or should this person continue along with that individual contributor track? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what I tend to see is very common in career growth frameworks is you kind of need some experience building software in different types of teams. And so this is where I think sometimes in startup lands, you have somebody that's been working in technology as a dev for like a year, and then they get pushed into an engineering manager role. I think that's a little bit too early. And I think part of that is because it's difficult to understand the complexity of software unless you've seen a number of different scenarios worked with different types of teams. You can do okay, but you're probably going to struggle to really understand the variance and the difficulty and nature of that. What I do see quite commonly is spending some good time being an individual contributor. So you're a team member, you've maybe seen different types of teams worked in different types of systems. So you get a good flavor to understand what possible scenarios people might find themselves. And so if I think about this growth path from that side, let's say you start off as being a associate software engineer moving into a software engineer, into a senior engineer. And that's typically the sort of movement path where you might decide to go more into technical leadership. So stay more hands-on, guiding architecture, technology choice, or maybe to move into an engineering manager particular role, focusing a little bit more on the people development and team development and the environment. I think that's a good level because it means that you can better empathize with the challenges that your team are going to have. I think it's very difficult if you move too quickly into the engineering manager role to really understand the problems that your team are facing. Of course, empathy is like something some of you might be really, really good at, but I think it's a lot easier if you've actually lived through some of those scenarios. And when people come to you about these situations, you just instantly know exactly what challenge they're sort of facing. There's something about having lived some of those same scenarios that you can know how to solve that. I think the other perspective is, you know, as an individual contributor, sometimes you get to work with really bad engineering managers. And this is actually, I think, what helps form good engineering managers because people go, oh, I don't want to ever work in a team environment like that. If I'm that role, I can avoid that. I can intentionally think about these people that I've had to work with and go, ah, oh, this is really painful. I can actually create a great environment for my team so they can imprint the opposite pattern and therefore be a lot more effective. If you've never experienced a bad entry manager, that's going to be really hard to do. For me, one way that I always advise for people who are thinking of becoming engineering manager is the first test will be, do you like working with people? <laughs> because yeah. sometimes yeah, managing people is different than managing code bases. I hope you enjoyed this short clip from TechLead Journal favorite playlist. If you find this episode useful, please help share it with your friends and colleagues 
who you think would also benefit from listening to this episode. And if you want to listen more from this conversation, please go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. Stay tuned for the next Tech Lead Journal episode, and until then, goodbye.